You're listening to the Cornerstone Word of Life Church podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's teaching. For more information on our church, please visit cwol.org. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 17 through 23. So my husband and I, we do pastor in California, but we also have an itinerant or roving side to the ministry. We travel and we teach on the subject of united or corporate prayer. And that's called prayerschool.com. That's P-R-A-Y-E-R-S-K-O-O-L.com. Providing materials for the local church so that people from the individual saint up to big groups can just step easily over into unction to find the plan and purpose of God. Hallelujah. So um, you're going to go there, and as you go there, I'm just going to make a statement. It's a new thing I've been preaching because last year, um, <laughs> we, all, we all came out of Corona, right? I was praying that today, Corona. Uh, <clears throat> but uh, so we all came through it, right? Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise God. But on the other side of it, um, as things have changed in many ways. Um, some are like amazing and other ones like what? And so we're going to talk about the what side and uh, get that back to amazing. Hallelujah. And so uh, the word, just telling you this before we go to Ephesians, the word ecclesia, it means the church. Um, it means the called out, but it also means the called together. So the word ecclesia, which is what you and I are, this building is so amazing. But this is not the church according to scripture. Amen. You and I are. Amen. And the, the, you and I are the called out ones and the called together ones. Hallelujah. So in Ephesians 1.17, amazing prayer here. <clears throat> Excuse me. It says here, this is a prayer that you can pray. We preach on it all the time. I would pray it every day before you read your Bible. It'll freak you out. Hallelujah. Turn your Bible into a 3D movie. Ephesians 1.17, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, who is the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, that the eyes of your understanding would be enlightened. I love what my husband says here. You don't have to understand this prayer to pray it. Just pray it. Hallelujah. Just pray it and believe it's working. Okay, so again, verse 18, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance that's on the inside of the saints. Verse 19, hey, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places. Far above, hey, any principality, any power, any might, and any dominion. Oh, here's very Star Trekky. Not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. Oh, so awesome. Verse 22. And so this last part here, it says, and he put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church. Now we just look at the grammar here even. Okay. This is a run on sentence. We're going to look at the grammar. It says here, verse 22, and he put all things under his feet uh, and gave him to be head over all things to the church, which is actually his body, which is actually the fullness of him that fills all in all. So the church, when we come to the church, what we're really dealing with is the literal body of Christ. And when we come to church, what we're dealing with is the fullness of him. And when we come to church, we're dealing with the fullness of him that is so strong that it fills all in and then through all. 
That's what happens when we come to church. And I know we've gotten really familiar with coming to church, but that's what's happening. Hallelujah. When you come to church, you are going to encounter the literal body of Christ. Now, I know with, with a Catholic church, they'll take that, you know, communion and they'll say transubstantiation happens where that wafer turns into the literal body of Christ. But that's not supported by scripture. But what is supported by scripture is there's one natural person in the earth of the person of the Lord Jesus Christ, and that's called the church. When you come together, you are the church, which is actually his body, which is actually the fullness of him, that as you come together, the Amplified even says, it'll start filling all in and then through all. It is the corporate anointing. And Brother Hagen, Reverend Kenneth e. Hagen used to say, the corporate anointing or the united anointing, we all come together, is the strongest anointing the body of Christ will ever know. So it's far more than just a good time in God. And it's far more than sitting in a chair and, uh, you know, looking at the... It is actually the body of Christ that sits before me right now. Are you with me here? Yes. We'll keep on proving it. Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory to God. Because this changed my life last year. Hallelujah. And I'm not telling people to believe against Corona anymore. I'm not telling that. I'm telling them to believe God to go to church. You know what I'm saying? So I know that people have all different convictions and stuff like that, but if they are not supported by the word, then it's crippling them and hurting them in some way. Yeah. Believe God to go to church. Hallelujah. And I would add also, because I am very prejudiced, uh, not just any church, one that preaches the word of God and one that has a move of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Amen. Go to church. Hallelujah. Because if you don't, you're missing one-third of what God wants to do in your life. You're missing like a third of God there. Because you, you say, oh, I love God at home. You really can't. You can read the word and you can pray, but God's not going to do anything apart from his body. And so to say that you can just sit at home in your sweatpants and serve God and do the will of God is a lie. Now, he can clean all this stuff up. You know what I mean? Oh, hopefully it's not anything to clean up. But I'm not here to yell at people. I'm here to help people because I found out some stuff last year and I go to church, man. And I, and I go to church and I fellowship with the saints. Not only coming to church, but connecting in church. It makes all the difference in your, in your walk with God and it's one third of your walk with God. Hallelujah. I like how Pastor Mark Hankins, he said one time he was asking God about something. And, you know, he's in churches all the time as a preacher. And uh, the Lord told him, he goes, you know, I can answer you right here or even through like a minister. But you're going to have to fellowship to find out what I'm telling you. You know that thing when you're just sitting there and you start talking to someone else at church. And all of a sudden, this oh, an answer comes through them. That's the body of Christ. And that, that's what you need. Hallelujah. You're part of the church, which is really his body, which is actually the fullness of him that will start filling all in and through all if you will let him. Hallelujah. Okay. I trust it's okay. Okay. So, Brother Hagin said the strongest anointing the church will ever know is the united corporate anointing. Okay. And then we look at this Matthew 18. Now, when, when uh, <clears throat> COVID happened, Matthew, is it, was it Matthew 18? 
I heard uh, one of my leaders, Ms. Patsy Caminetti, preach a sermon that was amazing. She got stuck in Australia, I think in Sydney or whatever, when she went back for a meeting. She got stuck in a hotel room. And I don't know if she was for or against, you know, the Internet so much for prayer. Uh, but she, it sounded like she got a little bit of a revelation there. Uh, because the church did some different things during that time. And, you know, there's tons of pastors, oh, the Internet's the devil. Uh, but... Uh, you know, a lot of them had to wake up and smell the coffee. The internet's not the devil, okay? <clears throat> and so <clears throat> many pastors suddenly, we got to get our media together. We got we got to do this. We got to get an online presence. And as they begin to do that, the gospel did not take a back step. Did not go the cyber door opened for the gospel, man. And the cyber door opened all over the world. Oh, I wish I could preach that message right now of hers. And she showed this one picture of the earth with just all different devices, iPads and phones and, you know, computers, and just all over the world. People hearing the gospel. People uh, in their darkened homes, in the living room, hearing the gospel as never before, just beamed it right into their home. And the church, don't let the devil laugh, took a step up, lurched forward through the cyber door. Amen. Glory to God forevermore. I'm so thankful. But that's not all, dude. <laughs> and uh, so when you come together, um, uh, Miss Patsy Caminetti also, she helped to set up the prayer and healing center there at Rama, and they have prayer groups. Um, when I was there, they had 200 prayer groups. And uh, they had 200 prayer groups that would pray one hour a week. And so, um, but those groups were only composed of two to three people. And I'm like, that's so funny. Now, there were some large ones, but most of them two to three. And that's based on this right here, Matthew 18. Hallelujah. You guys are so blessed, you're a word and spirit church. So many churches do not know to pray the word. So many churches do not even believe in speaking in tongues. Let alone so, many, so few churches know how to pray the word and be led by the Holy Ghost to make tremendous power available, dynamic, and it's working. Oh, we're accountable. We're accountable for the truths we know. Amen. Like right now, what's happening in Ukraine, you know? Well, we have freedom here and we can pray. And we're accountable to pray. Hallelujah. Make bright flashing clouds that go right over there. Hallelujah. And do all kinds of stuff that we could never think of in our natural brain. It's so dangerous to get in the prayer room. I want this and do this and government, you better, hey, you better be led, dude. Hallelujah. Because God is the Lord of the harvest. But if we pray according to the word and spirit and use our authority... It changes nations. And it don't take a lot. Hallelujah. Matthew 18 and verse 19. I'm sure you're familiar with this verse. Again, I say to you that if two of you, just two. Again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything they ask, it'll actually be done by my Father in heaven. Now, that's amazing. But at the beginning of that verse, he says again. So that means you back your truck up to verse 16. He's establishing a doctrine here. He says, but if you will not hear, take with you one or two more, that by the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word is established. When you guys come together, you're establishing stuff in the earth. Hallelujah. And you continue on there a third time in verse 20. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, I'm actually right there in the middle of them. That's what happens when we come here. He's here. Hallelujah. The church, which is actually the very fullness of him, uh, that will fill all in and through all. Amen. Are you still with me? Yep. Yeah. 
not doing a lot of jokes. Hallelujah. Now, <clears throat> so, uh, and the, it's a math problem too that's very simple. Go to Ephesians 4, 7 real quickly here. Ephesians 4, 7. So in Ephesians 4, 7, it says, But to each one of us grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. But to each one of us a grace was given. Hallelujah. Uh, say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. The, Bible says, the Bible says, I have a measure of grace, measure of grace. Inside, of me. inside of me. I also have a measure, have a measure. of the God kind of faith. No matter what it looks like, no matter what it feels like, I got a measure of the God kind of faith. The Bible says also, say everything, I have an anointing. And in 1 John, it says, I got an anointing. And I know all things. Hallelujah. So each of us has a measure of a grace. You have a measure of the God kind of faith or you couldn't have even gotten saved. Somebody preached a word to you, the word turned into faith, and you use that faith to get saved. Yeah. Brother Hagin says everything after that's a piece of cake. You use that same faith. You already had the biggest miracle you're ever going to get, the new birth. Yeah. Amen. Hallelujah. So each of us have a measure of that grace. Now let's look at Jesus here, John 3, 34. John 3, 34, this is talking about Jesus when he was walking around when he was alive. John 3, 34 says, For he whom God has sent speaks the words of God, for God does not give the Spirit by measure. In other words, when Jesus was walking around here on the earth, he had the Spirit without measure. The body in his day that he walked around in had the Spirit without measure. And when people got near that body by faith, that body, the power of God would shoot out of that body. Hallelujah. He had the spirit without measure. When we, so it's just simple math. We have the spirit by measure. He had it without measure. So when you drag your dirt bag to church, which is your body, we have this treasure in an earthen vessel, right? Yeah. So you bring your dirt bag to church, and here comes that measure of the God kind of faith. And here comes that measure of the grace of God that God put in there. And here comes a measure. I have an anointing of the Holy One. And it comes together. And as you come together, even when two come together, it is multiplied. And Jesus put a premium on. He goes, where even two are gathered together, I will be right in the middle of all that stuff. And measure after measure after measure by his multiplication doesn't even equal all the measures in the room. It is the spirit without measure. That's why we got to go to church, man. <laughs> That's why we got to go to church physically, you know. And the Bible talks about assembling yourselves together. More and more as we see the day, not forsaking the assembling together of yourselves, right? Like, well, that's the internet. You know, I can prove that because the Bible says assemble yourself. And they didn't have the internet. <laughs> so we're so thankful for the internet, man. But it will never replace the assembling together of the saints. You know, just even getting in faith to go to church is a step of faith. Are you with me here? Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hope it's okay. <laughs> Hallelujah. So when you come together, this is not pretty preaching. This is what's happening. Measures 
of the, of the grace are coming together. Amen? You get that final supplement you've been looking for. You've been reading your Bible. You've been praying. Hallelujah. That final supplement is the local church coming together and letting the power of that anointing finish off your prayer request. Hallelujah. So now let's go to Mark 5. So here's this lady, Mark 5, and we're looking at verse 25. This is a great testimony right here, man. Mark 5, 25. All right. Yeah, okay. Oh, well. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, the internet is great, but you know, Zoom meetings, come on. You know, I'm sure some people on those Zoom meetings don't have pants on. It's like, I can tell by your voice you don't have pants on. <laughs> and then it'll be like, dude, what is going on here? What is the picture in your background on your wall? Oh, that's a mole I'm believing to have removed from my rear end. Maybe you could choose another background, dude, okay? <laughs> or, you know, have a mug that says something like, you know, I'm redeemed from hemorrhoids or something. Maybe you could think about, you know, I, I call one customer service representative. I know they're at home in their sweatpants, you know. I could hear it, you know, their attitude. And then I heard a chicken in the background. <laughs> trying to tell me he's in North Carolina. No, he's not. <laughs> My name is George. <laughs> no, it's not. And I hear a chicken. <laughs> so, you know. Oh, no. I was doing a zooming and I leaned over and I think the camera got in the wrong angle and I was like, oh. And then I came up to look at the congregation I was looking at and they're all like, I think they're trying to make me feel better, you know, because I don't know what the camera got. And I go, did you guys see anything? And they go, no. <laughs> they're terrified. <laughs> Begin stuttering and whatnot. Hallelujah. Mark 5, 25. Hallelujah. Now, a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years. And she had suffered many things from physicians. She had spent all that she had and got no better, but she actually got worse. You know what the day we're living in, it's separating the men from the boys. You got to live by faith now. Amen. You with me? Yes. You got to live by faith now. Didn't we just see that? Aren't we seeing that? Yes. No choice anymore. Amen. We're going to live by faith. Hallelujah. Amen. And so again, she had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. Verse 27. When she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, this is how she touched that garment. She said something. She said something. Maybe her fingers grabbed it, but she was already with the hand of faith saying something. You know, if I can just touch him, that I'm going to be healed. She already had her confession moving. Hallelujah. And she's obviously yielding because she's crawling through the crowd to get to him. But man, her confession with her yielding combined with touching the body of Christ, all of a sudden that power arced out of him. And he didn't even know what happened. He knew what happened, but he didn't know how. And he didn't have no control over that. She did. And that's the same way it is today. The church, which is his body, which is the fullness of him that will fill us all in and then through all. You'll be empowered to witness as never before. You come here and you get tanked up and you go out again. 
aright. Okay, so verse 28. For she said, if I can just touch his clothes, I'll be made well. Immediately, the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body she was healed of that affliction. And Jesus immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turned around the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? But his disciples said to him, you see the multitude thronging you and you say, who touched me? And he looked around to see who had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. He said to her daughter, your faith made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. I'll tell you what, that was the first body of Christ. Amen. But the epistles are very clear that now the church, which is his body, is the fullness of him in the earth. Hallelujah. That filleth all in and through all. And when you come here, it's far more than just walking through the back doors after you've had a latte. Hallelujah. You're entering in to a tour more <laughs> where he is right in the middle to answer prayers. Hallelujah. And quicken you. Amen. And give you that final supplement. Hallelujah. Acts 2.42. We'll go here really quick. Acts 2.42, there is no relationship with Jesus in its fullness without fellowship of the saints. Hallelujah. Acts 2.42, we just look at some of these scriptures here. <clears throat> it says here in Acts 2.42, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, that's the word, hallelujah, and fellowship, breaking of bread and prayers. So you got the word, you got prayer, but that word fellowship and breaking of bread, which sounds like the communion stuff, is the word communion. Both of those words are communion. What does that mean? That's the fellowship of the saints. That's when you come to church and you're, you've come through the doors. Woo! That's awesome. Hallelujah. That's the first step, isn't it, sometimes? Devil don't want you to come to church. <laughs> <clears throat> but then once you come in, you're not just, you know, sitting in the back, nothing against the people in the back. And uh, it's like, well, I'm just watching dance, pastor. Let's see what you can do this morning to thrill me. It's not, it's not spectator sport. Amen. It's a participator sport. Amen. So you coming in and you're like, okay, I'm here at church. Now I need to connect. Connect. Hallelujah. What are we going to use to support that? Hallelujah. Uh, let's go to uh, Hebrews uh, 20, 10. Let's go to Hebrews 10. Hebrews 10. Because the Bible, especially with the coming of the Lord, keeps talking about gathering. 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 Hebrews 10. Hebrews 10 and verse 24 and 25. Well, should we flip it over? Let's do. Hey, what should we do? Uh, let's go to Ephesians uh, 4 first. Go to Ephesians 4 first. You have plenty of fingers. Just keep your other finger there. Ephesians 4. I can do it at 10. That's how much God prepared you for. Hallelujah. Ephesians 4.13 says here, Till we all come to the unity of the faith, to the knowledge of, a son of, of the Son of God, uh, to a perfect man in the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. See, here it is, the recipe again, this fullness of him. How do we get the fullness of him in manifestation? Verse 14, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men and cunning craftiness or deceitful plotting. But speaking the truth in love may grow up into all things in him who is the Christ, from whom the whole body gets joined and knit together. See, there's a joining with your brothers and sisters. And when you come to church, you should be sniffing out who you need to connect with. Checking down here because you want to get your electrical cord plugged in. 
because as you plug in the way he tells you to plug in, you're plugging into his body and you're giving the Holy Ghost a legal right then to connect you with the greatest power in the universe. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. It's not my idea, it's his. Hallelujah. So you're like, well, well, where I got my plug. I got my, you know, my thing. What was it? I don't know. <laughs> the plug is at the other part of the, come out, or the outlet and the plug. I got my plug. Where do I need a plug? Now, the first place you need to plug in is, oh, I can't preach on it right now. But you, you need to pray that prayer that we just prayed for unction before you come through that door, man. You pray for unction, for your pastor to have unction, to open his mouth, to make known the mysteries that ought to be made known. And then the great shepherd will speak through the under shepherd and call you by name. Hallelujah. Like we all met for lunch on Tuesday and we're sitting at a real nice restaurant and everything and they start talking and I pulled out a giant notebook and started writing. I'm like, I don't care, I'm here. And there's a ministry gift there. I'm gonna pull on unction because I'm speaking the word, man. And I'm praying that there's a supplement through a, a fellow member of the church right here. I ain't gonna miss it, hallelujah. Amen. And I got some answers at that table. So the first thing you do is you pray for your father, your, um, your father in the faith, whatever, your, your pastor to have unction. Amen. And then when he speaks or who, her or whoever, you're going to hear from heaven that supplement you need. That's the first way. But then your brothers and sisters, it's far more than just occupying a space. You want to see what's going on, what's going on here. And you want to talk to different saints. Hallelujah. And at some point you may have something to say to them. And when you do a word of encouragement, that's going to connect you to them. And God's like, oh, they're into my electrical system. Now I can help them. Why is it their electrical system? Verse 16, from whom the whole body gets joined and knit together. Oh, what, by what every joint supplies. Oh, According to the effectual working by which every part does their share causes growth of the body by edifying itself. Amen. 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 So you want to come in. And that word there, um, it's also, I wasn't going to go this way. Hallelujah. Uh, that word right there, it's akin to uh, Ephesians where it talks about being built together. Then you get built together by the Holy Ghost. Now, I'm not much of a carpenter. I did go to Home Depot one day and said, where's the saws? And this guy goes, I'll show you saws. And I'm like, oh. And then I called Lonnie. I go, I'm going to get a bandsaw. He goes, you're not getting a bandsaw. You're just doing a Christmas ornament. Settle down. But uh, I saw the Yankee workshop. Have you guys ever seen that thing? Anyone? Raise your hand. No? Okay, it's this guy. He goes out and he's got to show whatever. And like he's going to make a, a, a rocking chair that you can buy at Walmart for probably 15 bucks. But oh no, he's going to make it himself, you know, with no nails or whatever. And uh, so, you know, I was watching it with my brother-in-law from New York. And uh, he's Italian. He's from New York. And we're watching that. And so the Yankee workshop guy goes, now this is what we're going to do here. And you, you just do this here and you're uh, going to jiggle it and work it a little bit to get that in there. My brother-in-law said, Oh, yeah, when he says that, that means you're going to be sanding and shoving for a week before that thing gets in there. <laughs> One of the biggest reasons you got to go to church is so God can sand on you. Amen. And the saints sand on you. <laughs> I think I won't take offense at that. <laughs> Far too much laughter in this church. Anyway. I think I will talk to my sister over here and maybe I should pray for her, for her healing. 
Holy Ghost, what do you want me to do today to connect? It's far more than being nice. <laughs> Hi. And so I'm like, what, 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 am I, what do I want me to do, God? Because I want the most power. I'm sorry, that's just me. So talk to this person over here. Be nice to this person. Forget that they did that. Bah, bah, bah. You know what I mean? And you're always it's just, <laughs> nothing sands on you more than the other saints. <laughs> Forget the world. <laughs> the church will sand on you. It's supposed to. So then when you go out there, you can be more nicer. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> but if you don't pass the test, you can never move out into what God really wants you to do. Because the first, first step of obedience is uh, get saved, uh, of course, get filled with the Holy Ghost. And the next question is, where do I go to church? And it's not you just figuring it out. Well, they have fog machines. And um, they have the skinniest jeans. Uh, those are painted on them. Well, my family's always gone there. Well, uh, what will people think of me if I don't go to the... You ask God where to go to church. And then you go there. And the thing I got right there was sitting there is like, if they'll, it, it's not even a question of like, go to church. It's a question of obeying God. It's a step of obedience. And when you obey God, what do you get? The blessings of God. And things are not difficult, are they? So you got to go to church. You got to go to the, go get sanded, man, and holes drilled in you. And, and uh, yeah, or it's like a rock tumbler. All these pointy people come in. Ah. God loves us too much to leave us the way we are. So you come in here with all your opinions and thoughts and I got a right to speak my mind. You come in here and God goes, hey, into the rock tumbler with you. (laughs) Shuts the door. And how do they get those rocks looking so bright? They bump into each other, slam into each other, go head over heels in that thing. What is happening in my life here? Well, and there's no escape. As long as you don't escape, you'll be all right. No, come to church. Come to church and connect. Come to church and w- learn to walk in love with your brothers and sisters. Come to church and hook up with the pastor. Come to church and overcome offenses. Well, I'm offended. Well, so what? What's new? But in here, God can prepare you and he can make you as one. And as you start connecting with people through encouragement or provoking or blessing or overcoming, uh, uh, you know, offenses and stuff, God will fit you into the body. Hallelujah. And your plugs will go into the outlets and you will leave here instead of just going somewhere and still being, you will be infused with the power of God and your body will change and your mind will change. I think Pastor David Ellis said that one time. He said when he was pastoring, this guy came up and said, what am I supposed to do? I have this and this and this and this happening and this. And what Pastor David said is, just come. Just come every week, man, and listen to the word. Just come every week. Come and purpose to be a part in the service. Another way to hook up is get involved in help somewhere. Just start, just start helping. As a brother Moore just said, he goes, well, y'all need to come to church. Otherwise, you don't have no place to serve. And it's like, oh. Oh, yes. (laughs) It's a vital supplement for us all. Hallelujah. Fellowship, communion, hallelujah. Coming here and making your supply available. Now we can go to Hebrews uh, 10. You guys doing good? Throw me a bone, man. Okay. Hebrews 10, verses 24 and 25. Hallelujah. 
says, and let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. It says here, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves uh, together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another so much so as we see the day approaching. My day is capitalized. You know what? I just see more and more about the rapture and the most simplest precepts. Not, the message of the coming of the Lord should never bring fear. The answers of what his coming will be like are as easy as just reading your Bible, praying, going to church and to keep assembling. That's a big requirement. Hallelujah. Even finding the plan and purpose of your God, of the will of God for your life is not far from you. It's in the word, praying and coming to church. And your answer is somewhere right there in the garden around you. Hallelujah. So that word, the first there in verse 24, let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. Hallelujah. So stirring up, uh, that word is like, so you come together and you kind of stir each other up. That word means uh, provocation, uh, irritation. That's nice. Uh, angry dispute. Oh, dear. Um, and uh, provocate jabs, cuts to which one must respond. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. So like, uh, for example, uh, I was at Brother Moore's meeting and Patty uh, Dunnick was sitting right next to me. You guys know Patty Dunnick? They know them? They know her? So she's just like this sweet girl that got $2 million and bought a building in, you know, Samoa. She's like amazing. So whenever I'm around her, I'm just like, here's money, just like me, will you? Because I love her. You know, and she keeps talking to me about believing God for a building. She keeps talking to me about believing God for a certain kind of house. So I was just there worshiping God at Brother Moore's, and she's sitting to me, and she starts poking me in the arm during certain verses of the song about believing God. <laughs> oh, pr praise God. It's very provoking. <laughs> I love people that provoke me in God. Not talking about people that are in, they're sens hypersensitive and I got to say everything the right way, you know. I mean, love overlooks offense like that. I'm busy. I don't have time to be offended. Hallelujah. But somebody poking me and provoking me, ha! I'm like, okay, yeah, I will. I'll believe God. Just that poke was so good. I remember uh, this one girl when I was at Ramah, I was trying to figure out what church to go to. I'm like, well, I'm going to the training center, but I don't know if I'm going to go to the church. And then uh, this is a valley girl type girl. And she's like, I'm like, oh, I thought, man, if God can use her. Well, anyway, and she's like, <laughs> she's like, I thought that you were supposed to ask God where to go to church. And I'm like, what? <laughs> it's like Isaiah with highlights. <laughs> I'm like, did the wisdom of God just come out of that? <laughs> Shocking. But you know, if I got offended at her, that was the wisdom of God coming out of her face. If, if I was upset with the way she talked or acted the rest of the time, I would have missed what God said. But thank God I was able to follow his spirit and not just judge someone on the way they look or act or something. And I got, hey, I got an answer that changed my life. Her, like so, help me not going off a, a, a cliff and going to the wrong church and being out of the will of God for years. Hallelujah. Are you guys with me? Pastor Belinda, where's she in the sound booth? Hiding out. She went to pick me up and she got in her car, which is a Jeep. And I'm 
I want a Jeep. I've been wanting a Jeep so long, even with the car rental counter. They go, where do you want to go, a Jeep? You know, and then I see her Jeep all decked out <laughs> with like, I don't know, subsonic things or I don't know, and uh, robots or something like that. <laughs> and I'm like, praise God. <laughs> God bless you. But you know what? Every time I come here, she provokes me. Yeah. Hey, believe God more. Hallelujah. Where are you at right now? That's great. But let's believe God to step up even more. And she provokes me regarding giving. Hallelujah. Oh, you can only get provoked at church. That'll preach. But you can't get provoked on the internet. You got to go to church. You got to go to church to get provoked. Hallelujah. And edified, too. Like my friend Karen there in Branson, hallelujah. She has this house that's like what Pastor Ray would say when he went into Jesse Duplantis' house. Pastor Ray saw Jesse Duplantis' house. He goes, oh, I love a house with a gift shop. I mean, it was really big. <laughs> His lines always work, man. And that's what Karen's house is like, my friend Karen. So I'm looking around like, really nice. God really blessed you, didn't he? You know? I'm like, where am I at in my prosperity? I mean, it's like a little, a little uh, house of the, I don't know, the, the Biltmore, I think. <laughs> and I'm like, this is really nice, you know. But here's Miss Karen. She's all gracious and not haughty or anything. And then I saw her fireplace that's like, it's just like could warm Saudi Arabia. And, uh, <laughs> and there was a painting over the, you know, the portal. And uh, so after I said, where'd you get that painting? She goes, Dana. When I was single and I was believing God for this house or a house like this, she goes, I went to a flea market and I saw this giant painting there that was so cheap. And she goes, I bought that and I brought it home and I said, one day I'll put this over my grand fireplace. Yeah. See that? And I'm like, I'm going to do that. <laughs> I'm going to buy a painting as big as a garage. <laughs> I, I, I thank God for my divine connections. I don't know what I would do without them. Yes, hook up with the ministry gifts as you come in here. What would I do without them, man? And then my brothers and sisters in the Lord. Uh, Lonnie puts it this way. He goes, sometime you're reading your Bible. Ooh. Yeah, that was good, but I need something else. And then you start praying. Ooh, that's pretty good, too. I need something else. What is it? What is it? What? Oh, it's a phone call to my brother and sister. It's talking to someone at church. And there's that supplement, that answer that comes right then. What happened? Plugged into the power. Plugged into the power, and you can't tell God how you're going to plug in. You just got to do it. Well, I want to plug in on the Internet. Well, you need to plug in in church because that's how he set it up. I've gone to hotels before and tried to hook up my chargers, you know, and uh, there, here's the thing, and it's behind there, and I got to do aerobics and all these things that my body was never built to do to try to get it in the hole, and I'll complain, and Lonnie's like, you have to submit to the way the outlet is. I'm like, I don't got to submit to nothing. <laughs> but if I don't, my phone's not going to get charged. And I'm not going to have access to that power I need. Hallelujah. Keep on going. Coolness. This is pretty good, though, you know. I mean, I would send myself an offering. Hallelujah. <laughs> yeah, and I've been praying in a French dialect now for maybe 15 years. And uh, a lot of phlegm. And uh, so I've been praying like that, you know. And, uh, and I'm like, oh, I guess we're praying about France, you know. 
Paris and all this stuff. And those words do come out. And we do have France on our heart. But I was just praying with another girl. And uh, she goes, you know, Dana, there's the French Polynesian nations too. And I'm like, I never thought of that. As long as they got a tongue and a language, hey, I believe power for the gospels go in there. I never thought of that before. But when I got with another Christian, a new thought. Hallelujah. That encouraged me, emboldened me to keep going. Are you with me? Glory to God. Okay. So then that's the stuff where you get in trouble and stuff. Okay, good. Oh, don't dictate the plug. I can, I can prove that. Oh, right. I can prove it in person. Please hold. Operator, please hold. So uh, I have some examples. So I was talking to this one lady, Betty, sweet lady. Uh, and she's like 80 something. Don't you love these people that just keep believing God? Hallelujah. She just believed God uh, sickness or disease or anything. They just keep on living, man. They're not, they're not going to go. You don't have any business dying unless God told you it's your time. Yeah. That's right. Don't you die out of disobedience. <laughs> you ask God. Oh, he wants me to live longer. Yeah. And use that increment of the God kind of faith. Every time you do that, oh, Brother Moore just preached this whole message where, uh, you know, that scripture, I think it's in Luke somewhere there, where it talks about the landowner. He left, but he gave one guy 10 talents, one five and one one. He went away and came back and he goes, oh, you were faithful over 10 talents. Now I'm going to give you 10 cities. Hallelujah. The increment of faith that you use in this life, just even believe God for your healing or believe God how to talk to your kids or believe God how to uh, uh, wipe out some debt or believe God how to get, that's different than when the world gets stuff. You're acting on the measure of the God kind of faith and you're preparing for where we're going to go. Hallelujah. So Miss Betty, she believes God all the time. And she said, you know, there'd be those times I get up on Sunday morning. And Lonnie talked about that too. He would talk about my husband, Lonnie. He would be preparing for service and get all this stuff for one person, you know, and then they wouldn't come to church because they felt sick. And uh, he would have a word of knowledge regarding sickness and they wouldn't come to church because they were sick. And he asked the Lord, he goes, why would you ever do that? Tell me that. And the Lord said, so I'll never be held accountable for not providing for my people. <laughs> Hallelujah. So Miss Betty, you know, and you know that time, that feeling when you've maybe gotten up on Sunday morning and you don't feel good. You know what I mean? I understand there's regulations with COVID and stuff like that. I'm not talking about that now. I'm talking about when you get up and you don't feel like, and oh, 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 I don't know, I don't know. She said, you know what I do is I just go ahead and get dressed. I go ahead and get dressed, put my makeup on. And she has to drive a long way to a little country church. She just drive to church, still feeling awful. And she said, as soon as I'd walk through the door of the church, I'd start to feel better. You know that's true. You have felt that before. And you can do it with um, oppression also or depression. You feel these things or things that go bad right before church service. And you get in that door, man. And all of a sudden, you feel better. It's nice. Maybe you hear the music. That's cool. But what you've done is you just walked into the middle of the corporate anointing. You've just walked into the middle of the fullness of him that's starting to fill all in and through all. That's starting to knock that stuff off your head and quicken your mortal body and heal you. Oh, the church will be the hospital of the last days. Oh, the church will be the place where people will come to find hope. Hallelujah. And be supplied with miracles, signs, and wonders to do what they need to do to heal the sick. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
Glory to God. Now let's go to 1 Kings 19, 19. This is an old idea that uh, Pastor Mark Berzee used to talk about. 1 Kings 1919. So, this is an unusual idea. This is where Elijah the prophet went to anoint and call Elisha. So, in 1 Kings 1919, it says here So, Elijah departed from there and found Elisha, the son of Shaphat, who was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen before him, and he was with the 12. Then Elijah passed by him and threw his mantle on him. So what he did is he just threw his mantle on him for a minute and he pulled it right back off. And that was enough to make Elisha go, ah, uh, what's going on? I'm gonna have a barbecue and I'm gonna kill all these animals I'm tending. I use the, the wood of the yoke to even make the fire and I'm changed and I'm gonna follow this guy. One dose of the Holy, one throwing of the anointing over on this guy changed him forever. So here's another idea. So Brother Hagin tells a story about a guy who had diabetes. And this is in the book, The Believer's Authority. And he said that this guy came to hang out with him for a while. Now, based on the premise of, again, where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in actually the midst there. The corporate anointing is in play. And Jesus himself, the body, the physical body of uh, Jesus on the earth is in manifestation there. Hallelujah. Because the body of Christ has skin on it. You know what I mean? Hallelujah. You touch that, you're touching him. And so this guy came to hang out with Brother Hagin. And Brother Hagin told him, he said, while you're in my presence, I'll have authority over that. And you will not register any sugar the whole time you're with me. And this guy was a diabetic to the point where he was on insulin and giving himself real shots. You know what I mean? So he said that guy didn't register sugar the whole time he was with him. And he said that guy ate cakes and pies too. <laughs> Never registered sugar. And then he said when he went home, that guy didn't start registering sugar for five days until five days after that. He said it took that guy about five years to work the word till he got off all that stuff. Hallelujah. Was able, it was completely healed. Amen. But see, him being in the presence of Brother Hagin there, or rather Jesus through Brother Hagin there, see, that's the body. And that's the fullness of him. It starts filling all in all. It starts changing things right there. And he got a taste of it. Like Elijah and Elisha throwing that thing over there. Oh, I got a taste of what could happen if I just exposed myself to that corporate anointing. I got a taste of what it could do. Aside from me believing God and praying, that corporate anointing can finish things off and show us things. Hallelujah. Potentials we never had before to help us to walk out to our full miracle. Are you with me here? Yes. So then I was there at Brother Moore's last year. And, uh, you know, I got, I'm not going to say the condition, but uh, uh, three years ago I got hauled off into the hospital. And they freaked me out totally, you know. And I was in the emergency room and they were telling me horrible things. And I was in the hospital for three days. And they were telling me t terrible things. Your life's going to change. Do you understand this? I wasn't mean to them, you know what I mean? But I go, yes. <laughs> just so I could get out of there. You know what I mean? Just so I could get out of there. I wasn't trying to preach faith to them, you know. Uh, they hold me in there, and uh, they're, but they're trying to make me realize that, you know, your life's going to change forever. Do you understand me? And I'm like, yes, just let me out of here, you know what I mean? Because I've been wearing, you know, the same underwear for all these days. Anyway, uh, you know, just get me out of here, man. Just get me out of here. So um, I did get out of there. And uh, I remember... I called uh, the Garvers. And I'm like, okay, this is what they're telling me. 
uh, what do you think? It's so funny. And they said, we got nothing, Dana. Like, it's going to be all right. I'm like, you got nothing? Yeah, we got nothing. Okay. And so then when I did, I called some other friends of ours that I respect. Not everybody. You don't need to be telling everyone your business. You know what I mean? It's between you and God. So I called this other one, a pastor that flows similarly the way Pastor Mark and Rhonda flow. And uh, I go, what'd you get? It's so weird. He said the same thing. He goes, I got nothing. I go, what do you mean you got nothing? It matched exactly what they said. And he goes, what that tells me is you just need to believe God. And I'm like, okay, all right. You know, and then Pastor Beth called me too. And she said, Dana, now I know other people have that condition. She goes, but um, what do you say we believe God for a doctor that'll work with you? And we just walk this thing out one step at a time. I go, okay, that sounds great to me. So I could get in the word, so I could get situated, you know what I mean? And find out where my faith was, hallelujah. On that one scripture, Jesus said if, to that guy whose kid was uh, having seizure, he said, if you can believe, all things are possible. And, and that guy goes, I do believe, but help my unbelief. And Bosworth in Christ the Healer says, the Holy Ghost is here to help you to believe for any promise you need. That's his number one job, hallelujah. He goes on to say the number one thing a Christian is supposed to do is to find promises and believe God for him to come to pass that set aside the natural laws and prove that Jesus is still alive. You got a wart, believe God to get rid of it. You got cancer, talk to God about it. He'll walk you out step by step. Oh, it's so awesome. So anyway, so I got in the scriptures and stuff and talked to these amazing people. And, all these, and within 24 hours, I was down to half the medication they gave me once I left the hospital. Then I went back to go see my doctor and he uh, stripped me off another piece of medication the hospital had put me on. Stripped me off, still more medication. And uh, so I go home. He goes, now you go back to California, you need to find a doctor because I'm not gonna treat you without a doctor. What time does that say? Okay, we gotta get moving. Uh, I'm not gonna treat you without a doctor because I wasn't a fan of the California doctors. And especially this one doctor, five-star doctor, but when I go talk to him, he's just very mean. You know, he'd be like, what do you want? I'm like, oh God, I, I, I want you to talk nice to me, you know, because you're scaring me. Why is your blood pressure so high? Because you're scaring me. <laughs> oh, God. So. Doctor, so weird. So, but I got these prayers praying. I go pray for the doctor. I got to go see this doctor in California. You know, he's going to be mean to me and stuff, but at least he'll, maybe he'll work with me. So my doctor in Tulsa will work with me. So I go in there. I feel so sorry for these doctors now because <laughs> they come walking in and all, they're in the crosshairs of all these prayers that they don't even know. All these prayers are believing God for wisdom and favor. And what are we going to do here? Right things, you know, diagnosis. Here he comes in and I'm like, oh brother, he's going to be so mean. He goes, you know what? He goes, I see your diagnosis here. Why don't you start scaling back your medication every five days? I'm like, what? What did you just say to me? He goes, yes. He goes, it looks like things are better for you. And because, you know, they told me a different diagnosis in the hospital. He goes, you just every, every five days scale back your medication. I go, all right, I'll do it. Hallelujah. So I started scaling it. But before I left, he goes like this. He goes, you are very odd. <laughs> I didn't do that in his office, but that would have been funny. <laughs> so then, you know, 
So, and then I came, I came back the next time. He goes, you go see a specialist now, and if he agrees with me, we'll take you off that medication. I said, okay. And so I went to go see the specialist, who was, like, so scary. Um, I'm like, in there, and I don't know what this guy does, you know. And he goes, well, we're taking you off all the medication. We agree. And I go, okay, awesome. So uh, I was off all that medication. Uh, one, two, stripped me off two medications there. But I still have one medication. And so uh, the Lord dealt with me. And when I read that story in the Believer's Authority about that guy who had diabetes, that he believed God, you know, um, and he ate cakes and pies and eventually was not having that anymore. The Lord set that as a standard for me. He goes, now you're off a lot of medications, but now we're going to take it the rest of the way. And, you know, I kind of got a little situated. Oh, you know, I'm okay. But no, he started dealing with me. And I kind of quit checking in with him to really push it all the way for my victory. So then I went to Brother Moore's last year. And uh, they kept moving my seat forward. The ushers did. And so the one, Pastor Dave goes, I changed your seat again tonight. Because usually I sit with Karen, you know. He goes, I changed your seat tonight. I hope you're not mad at me. I go, I'm not mad at you. It was right there in front of Brother Moore in the second row center. You know what I mean? I'm like, I'm just waiting for my skin to stay on. You know what I mean? <laughs> So, and then uh, afterwards, they have a dinner. So you go in the back. And you're praying that word celebrate today, too. It's important to celebrate. It's important to celebrate in the midst of everything going on. Amen. You got to celebrate. And so I went back there, and uh, they, the, the guy, the guy, just the guy doing the announcements, not the preacher or anything, he goes, we celebrate around here. We make sure we keep celebrating God and his goodness. Hallelujah. You look in the Old Testament, they're having feasts all the time and celebrating. So I go in the back because I really watched my diet closely also with everything that was going on with me. Really watched carbs. So I go back there and they start serving dinner. And that was ringing in my mind, celebrate, celebrate, you know. And so here comes the food out. <laughs> and this was chicken fried steak with gravy, mashed potatoes, Corn, a roll as big as my head. And I'm like, you know, I need to celebrate. I'm not trying to be presumptuous. You understand what I'm saying? I'm not doing presumption here. I'm like, I'm just going to eat this, you know, and uh, I'm just going to eat it. So, oh, and then they brought the dessert. It's like cheesecake that looked like an RV. And then uh, cake with so many layers and uh, the only thing they had low carb was a strawberry garnish, and I didn't eat that. <laughs> so I ate some of all of it. I actually cleaned my plate and took some bites of the dessert. And then when I went back to my place, one of those baskets was there. Oh, and they got good stuff in there, man. So I thought, well, I'm already doing it. I'll just eat that. Man. <laughs> and I ate, and I ate, and I ate. The next morning, I checked myself with my symptoms. Completely different completely changed in a good way. I'm like, what? Come on. I check my sugars. I check them, and they're so low. I'm like, what is going on here? Okay, wait for tonight, man. This is going to be awesome. So I go to the next night service, eat like a hog again. I'm not condoning that, but I'm saying, do you understand? You get the spirit of what I'm saying, right? And uh, I'm sitting up close again, too. You know, and again, the next morning, whoa, low, low. Third night, eat again like a pig. Uh, then the next morning, low, 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 low. And the Lord was like, see, you've been, you made an effort to come to these meetings. You made an effort to come here. 
from California to go here uh, to Branson and gather with the saints here. You paid money to get on a plane or you got up, uh, you know, and I didn't have to even go to the meeting in Branson. You got Silver Dollar City and I got dressed and I went there when they said to be there and I sat in my seat and I just listened to the message and the power of the corporate anointing kept doing that to me. And it was like Elijah throwing that Elisha, uh, that mantle on me. And the Lord said, see, you need to push now to finish this thing off. Hallelujah. And so I did. The corporate anointing gave me the supplement I needed. Hallelujah. To blow past all that. And now within the last few weeks, we're hitting key numbers. Hallelujah. We're still fighting the faith. Hallelujah. But I'll tell you what, devil, devil, poor devil. Poor devil, pants on fire. Liar, liar, pants on fire. I see now. The corporate anointing showed me that it could manipulate something. Hallelujah. And set a marker out for what I can have. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I remember one time my feet were bothering me and uh, I was so afraid. And the devil's like, you're going to be crippled. You'll be crippled forever. But then I got up and started dancing in the Holy Ghost in a meeting. Just dance like, you know, a ballerina. Not a ballerina, but you know what I'm saying. Boom. And the Lord's like, well, it looks like your feet are all right. <laughs> Hallelujah. Go to church. Hallelujah. Go to church. Amen. We go very quickly to a couple. One thing I just want to tell you here is that this church, you know, I travel around. Not many churches have the move of the Holy Ghost like you do here. Not many churches. The fact that you have them here and you participate in them, I'd say what all of you together are going to be a standard and a pattern for the body of Christ to see what's going on here. You together as a body, when they see this body, hallelujah, dance in the Holy Ghost. They're seeing the body of Christ dance in the Holy Ghost. They're seeing the body of Christ responding to the power of God. When you do that, hallelujah, you're setting a premium. That's what Brother Hagin said in uh, the vision from uh, Come Up Hither. Many of my own people will not accept the moving of my spirit and will turn back and not be ready to meet me at my coming. Many will be deceived by false prophets and miracles of satanic origin. But follow the word of the God and the spirit of God in me, and you'll not be deceived. I'm gathering my own together and preparing for the time is short. Now let's go very quickly here. You see that the moving of my spirit? A lot of people won't receive it. Not churches won't. But your pastors fight for it here. Amen. Amen. So look at these, these scriptures really quickly here. Go very quickly to Acts 2.42. We're going to shut her down. There's another aspect to gathering. Acts 2.42. Very quickly, just reviewing things. Acts 2.42 says here, And they continued in steadfastly in apostles' doctrine and fellowship in the breaking of bread and prayers. That word fellowship is, it means here in the Spirit-Filled Life Bible, it says fellowship is a manifestation of the Holy Ghost in your midst that cements you to each other and to the Lord. Something about communion and gathering together cements us to each other and to him. Looking at Hebrews 10 again. Hebrews 10, we just read that. Hebrews 10 and verse 24 again. Let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another so much as you see that day approaching. See, again, we see this premise that as we gather together, together we'll begin to see with corporate eyes the very coming of the Lord. 
He, that's the premise for him to come, is our gathering. I think the other scripture is um, 2 Thessalonians 2.1. 2 Thessalonians 2.1. These words, you know, I'm just going to say it. I believe the rapture is conditional. I believe you can get saved. Anyone that gets saved, they're going to go to heaven. I believe that. But when you go through the rapture or the portal of the grave, I don't know. But, you know, the Bible talks about the rapture, watching, waiting, looking, hastening, amen, and gathering. Hallelujah. You don't got to figure it out. Just keep gathering. Hallelujah. And that's why I feel like I got on the front row. I'm like, how do you figure this out, God? He's like, well, the first body Jesus took to heaven in like manner, you know, it'll happen. It was just a glorified body he took to heaven. <laughs> so will the second vehicle we take to heaven to meet him. It's the glorified body. Can you figure it all out? You're not supposed to figure it out. But I felt like I was still in the front row. He goes, because when they gather, if they'll gather, like I say, they've submitted and given me authority to catch them away. Hallelujah. There's a premise and it's just gathering together and being vitally connected to each other and thus to him. Second Timothy, what did I, second Thessalonians 2, 1. Now, brethren, concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus and our gathering together to him, we ask you not to be soon shaken in mind. The coming of the Lord has to do with the gathering of the saints. Amen. Are you with me here? Amen. Don't try to figure it out, but oh, brother, gather. <laughs> oh, brother, assemble. Oh, brother, be joined together and vitally connected. Hallelujah. So as to be ready for that great day. Hallelujah. Glory to God, Father. We worship you, Father. We magnify you, Father. Father, we thank you here in America. We have the local church. Father, we purpose to obey you. We purpose to gather. We purpose to assemble. We purpose to be vitally connected in the name of Jesus. And we thank you. That corporate anointing is quickening mortal bodies. Hallelujah. That corporate anointing is providing answers in relationships. That corporate anointing, hallelujah, is knocking depression, oppression off of people. That corporate anointing is taking away addiction. And that corporate anointing is showing people what they're called to do. Oh, glory to God. Let's just magnify him. Father, we worship you. We magnify you, Father. We see the day we live in, Father God. We don't ill esteem it, my God. We esteem the body of Christ. We esteem the church. We esteem the fullness of you that's filling all of us and through us. In Jesus' name, can you give him a shout? Hallelujah. Glory. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to God. We hope you're inspired by today's message. If you want to hear more from the Word of God, head over to cwol.org. Check us out on YouTube or any social platform under at Seawall Madison. We believe God is working within you, and we want you to know Him so you too can make Him known.